Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On this episode, it's going to be part one of Impact Wrestling's Media Day. Uh, I was lucky enough to be invited and to sit down and talk to some of the talent from uh, Impact Wrestling, which will be debuting on uh, debuting the new season rather on Access TV on October 29th. Uh, please keep an eye out for that. Uh, big thank you to access television uh, to especially to sean and cindy for having me um they've been real good to to me in the show and just given me a, a bunch of opportunities so big thank you to them uh for setting this up um over the course of the media day which was recorded the weekend before bound for glory um which was on the 20th so um I got to t- sit down and talk to uh, Ty Valkyrie, Brian Cage, Scott Demore, Johnny Swinger, and Josh Matthews, and uh, I was not expecting to get this much time with them. Uh, I got a ton of time. I learned a lot about them, and they were all fascinating to talk to. So uh, that's why I'm going to split this up. So this first uh, episode is going to be with uh, Taya Valkyrie, the current Knockouts Champion, and Brian Cage, the current Impact uh, Heavyweight Champion. And um, again, it, it was just fascinating to hear the stories. I'm very familiar with their work in bar wrestling, and it was awesome to see them uh, at this media event and to see them get put on a, a bigger platform. Uh, they, they deserve all the attention in the world. Um, a lot of fun talking to them. And uh, much later, I'll probably release it later this week, but um, the second half of this will be released later on, and you'll get Scott Demore, Johnny Swinger, and Josh Matthews. Learn a lot from everyone there. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, please, uh, um, ch- again, check out um, Impact Wrestling on Access TV and Access is doing some big things with pro wrestling so it was, it was just really nice to see uh, a network kind of really support uh, the art of pro wrestling and uh, everyone seemed really happy to be there and I got a real good vibe from uh, everyone working with Impact so I'm really excited to see what the new product's gonna, gonna look like on Access <clears throat> um, but uh, let's get to the plugs and then we'll get the get on with it here um you can find me on instagram at justin malari and on twitter justin underscore malari and the geek offensive has its own social media with handle at geek offensive this show is brought to you by the geek say what network so big thank you to the network for providing a platform and uh big thank you to the owner jpg um he makes me say thank you tim so fuck that guy um anyway uh, the, sh- the network has a plethora of other shows available right now, ready for download. So please check us out. Check out all the shows on Apple and Google Podcasts or all other major podcasting platforms. Uh, you-, you can find us on just about anything. Um, so first up from the network, we have Ready Set Geek, your starting line to geek culture, hosted by Alex Catherine. We have Geek KO, your weekly trivia podcast, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. We have our actual play RPG podcast, Nerds on a Roll, hosted by Lauren Peterson and Rob Cigar and their whole crew. And we have uh, DGIF, Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal, and uh, they put a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community. Finally, uh, I know this is going to sound weird since we have a wrestling dedicated podcast and I just spent the day at a wrestling media day. Anyway, um, it spun off from the show. So uh, check out Pencil Neck Geeks hosted by Berto Ponce and Elaine DeLalas tagging in your inner wrestling geek. Uh, So all the shows are available right now. Please download, subscribe. We really do appreciate it. 
Next shout out goes to our associate producers, Wayland Productions, for providing a space for us and uh, uh, normally providing the equipment. This was all done remotely. Obviously, I went down to their stu- Access TV's uh, studio in Los Angeles, um, but normally they help us out a ton. You can find them at Wayland.ws and please support their uh, latest audio drama, Wear a Live Gold Rush, now available on all podcasting platforms and on Alpha. Uh, final shout out goes to our apparel sponsor, JordanDene.com. That's Jordan, D E N E.com. They're a geek apparel store out of Brooklyn, New York. They help you look nerdy and they're eco friendly. And if you shop with the promo code GeekSayWhat, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And I believe that's it, folks. Enjoy these interviews with Taya Valkyrie and Brian Cage. Uh, like I said, this was a roundtable discussion, so you're going to hear some other uh, <clears throat> folks talking, and then uh, uh, and then I'll insert their questions because I can get their in- their audio. But uh, uh, please enjoy the time I had with Taya Valkyrie and Brian Cage. Cue my music. <laughs> So this first interview is with Taya Valkyrie, the current Knockouts champ over at Impact. Uh, just a delight to talk to. I was familiar with her before Impact, uh, before I saw her in Impact uh, from Bar Wrestling. Um, we got to sit down with her at a roundtable, and that's how a bunch of these interviews went down. It was myself with a few other reporters uh, with Taya at each table. Uh, For every question that uh, didn't get on my uh, mic, I'm going to insert it myself. So uh, those little pauses are just because um, someone asked her a question, my mic didn't pick it up, and uh, I'll just uh, put it in there now so you can get uh, all the uh, audio and uh, just the full experience of listening to uh, what it's like to sit down with Ty and getting to know her. So uh, without further ado, here's the current Knockouts champ at uh, Impact Wrestling, Ty Valkyrie. Yeah, for someone who doesn't, uh, who's, who's new to it and new to Impact and new to everything and to your work, uh, how, how would you describe yourself? Well, <laughs> how much time do we have? Um, I got all day, so you're good. I- <laughs> well, how do I describe myself? Uh, well, I would say that I am an extremely well-rounded performer and entertainer, mm-hmm. not only in my physicality, but on the entertainment uh, front as well. I blend styles. I blend cultures and languages, and I feel like I, I'm a perfect representation of how um, professional res- wrestling is a language of the world and can uh, you know be understood by everybody and is is for everybody Mm -hmm. and I pride myself on on really making having you know introducing new fans to what we do and I think that this new um, move to access TV is is proof of that and you know I'm very excited to see where it goes and and opening everybody's eyes to like what we have and who La Huera Loca really is yeah Um, I actually first my first exposure to your work was actually a bar wrestling with (laughs) Joey and I was I was a fan instantly. Aww, uh, yeah, no, um, friend of the show, Chris Wolf. She was the one that kind of like brought. I adore in. her. Yes, yeah. she's great. Yeah, she's doing great by the way with her new life in uh, Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I adore her. Yeah, um, but uh, again, for the newer fans, so 
you kind of touched on like how wrestling is like a language for the world. I didn't know anything about your background at first. I saw you and thought one thing, and I heard you speak and wrestle, and immediately saw something else. Yeah, I'm very strange. I have many layers. (laughs) Yeah, which actually makes you much more fascinating. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, if you want to dive into your background a little bit, what, uh, you started in, you're you're from Canada, correct? I'm Canadian. Canadian. I was born and raised in Victoria, BC. I actually learned to wrestle in Calgary, Canada at the Storm Wrestling Academy by Lance from school. I always wanted to be a wrestler growing up, but I really didn't know how the heck you get into it. There's no, you know, there's not a book about yeah how you become a professional wrestler. There's, there's no college course. Yeah, just, yeah, especially like eight years ago, like so much has changed. I mean, even mm-hmm. in the last two years. So this was like eight years ago. And when I finally did find Lance's school, but before that, when I was trying to get into wrestling, I really looked up to Trish Stratus and Victoria and that kind of generation of diva. And I knew they all did fitness competition. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm going to do fitness competition. <laughs> this is how I'm going to get into wrestling because I didn't really know anything. I don't come from a yeah. wrestling family. I really had no clue. I just knew that that was what I wanted to do, being an athlete and a performer my entire life. I have a background in ballet and musical theater. Like, I find a professional, I always thought professional wrestling was like a perfect blend of all the things that I love, mm-hmm. the physicality and the entertainment factor. Um, so I trained with Lance, um, and then I eventually went to Mexico because I was asked to go train in, well, offered an opportunity to train, I should okay. say, um, by Conan. And this, and this is, you met him through the, the academy, Lance Storms Academy? No, or? I met, I mean, I met him, I got in contact with Conan through Ted Hart because the Hart family, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously lives in Calgary. And so there's just like, it's like a small world, really, when you, right. wrestling is very small. So Ted put me in contact with Conan and through email, you know, and at the time I was like, I'm so great. And I, I, I'm sure that the email was something absolutely horrible and like some really bad promo pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but he invited me to come down and train. So the idea was that I was only going to go there for five weeks or like a month. I ended up staying five years. Okay. Within the first few days, I met. El hijo del perro aguayo, and he looked at me and said, "When are you going home? No, you're not going home. <laughs> like, I'd love you to be the first ever female to be Perro del Mal." And I was like, "Okay." Didn't know. Oh. How, I don't. Still to this day, I'm not really sure how we communicated with each other because I did not speak a word of Spanish and he did not speak any English. But wow. um, he had his cousin there and he was kind of translating. And now I, I'm always like, Abraham, don't speak English because your English is so bad. <laughs> Just speak Spanish to me. But um, yeah, and I ended up. Um, just training constantly because I just wanted to be given the opportunity and I was training with Silver King I was training with Grand Apache I was training with Sky Day I was training I I was you know this blonde girl who didn't speak the language taking the subway in Mexico City just because I just wanted this so bad Mm -hmm. and um you know, I was working like house shows and, you know, the indies in Mexico and stuff because Conan and Perro helped me get in, onto those. And eventually I was, and I was also on TV with AAA, but as Perro's valet. Right. Um, and eventually I was like, you know what? Hey, can I like not wear a cocktail dress and heels? Like I want to wear <laughs> wrestling gear. And then I started to get more involved in the matches. And, you know, you can look back on those. There's tons of them on YouTube on the AAA site. Um was it tougher a, to break into that down there? Is there kind of a stigma with the oh, 100%, wrestlers? Oh, 100%. Yeah, okay. And like, eventually I was given an opportunity to be on television and they offered me a contract and then I w- ended up being full-time in AAA. Wasn't wow. without 
so much work and sacrifice and you know running out of money and like you know all the all the starving artist layers that come along with you know being a foreign person in a strange country and really taking that leap of faith but if it wasn't for those opportunities that were given to me I would have never been on Lucha Underground and then Lucha right. Underground evolved into me meeting my husband and then you know and here we are now and I'm the longest reigning knockouts champion so everything has just kind of been a crazy unconventional journey into the professional <laughs> world but I wouldn't have it any other way because I feel like that makes me different and I'm not just you know a tall blonde female wrestler that wears mm -hmm. glitter like I right. have layers and a story and I did not go the easy route I did not you know have anything given to me I don't have a last name that means anything I have right. a last name that I made my on my own um, and I've really take pride in that and um, you know I think I've proven my place in this business and I will continue to do so no, it's fantastic. I know. I just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, yeah. Yeah. Please, please yeah. clap. Clap for me. <laughs> uh, but the, was the performing thing always a thing for you? Because you kind of mentioned you'd done other arts mm -hmm. as well. Was that oh, yeah. always you always had that bug? I was up? a huge ham as a kid. <laughs> My mom just always goes, remember when you used to charge to watch you dance in the living room? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was a little promoter. I was like five years old putting up posters. And actually, really ironically, I like named, me and my sister named our dance company The Superstars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now it's kind of funny. But like, yeah, we used to put on dance performances in the living room and charge our mm -hmm. parents and put up posters and <laughs> learned every song in The Lion King and sang that. And I don't know. We were just always, I always wanted to be in front of people. I always loved the aspect of live performance as well. It's, right. There's something so special about that. And I feel like in professional wrestling, I'm. it's never the same thing. You could theoretically have the same match in front of 10 different crowds and they will never be the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So Because everyone reacts to everything so differently. And also in, in different cultures and different countries. I could do the same match in Japan and do it in Mexico. It's going to be completely different just because I think of the public and the fans and um, you know everyone in that arena as a whole other identity another I like identity in the match right I think a perfect example of that it was Lucha Underground where we never came out to entrance music at all but you never knew that because right. the crowd was part of the show you know and I feel like at Impact it's the same thing the crowd is part of the show I'm doing my damnedest hardest for you to hate me <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my tie away. And like, I think that that's, I pride myself on creating an uh, experience for everybody when they come in. And so if they boo me, if they love me, if a little girl goes home and, want, and says, Dad, I want to shave the side of my head, I'm like, yes, I did a good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I feel like, yeah, it's just, I've always just wanted to be, mm -hmm. you know, not yeah. like, I don't like saying like, I want it to be in the spot. Like, it's not about that. It's about just creating something special on a stage for people to enjoy it as an yeah, art form. Yeah, it's, it's a very a, like... I'm very passionate about yeah. making it a show. And from the, I'm sure everyone notices from my costumes to the way I present myself on social media to the way I interview and everything. Like, it's just all part of like the layers of what Taya is. And I pride myself on making it as cool of an experience for mm -hmm. everybody as I can. Yeah, it's a very honest form of expression. I don't think people understand how much artistry goes into what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, w uh, let's, let's go back a little bit. What, what was your first match ever? Like, your first house show? 
like on the indie side. Yeah, indie side. Like, Ironically enough, because it, it because was, I'm interested in like saying like how did you react to the crowd? How did you oh how that gosh. relationship play out? There is there is video evidence somewhere. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, my first ever professional wrestling match was against Neil Dashwood. Oh wow! Yeah, we were you said the wrestling a, world is small. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, the wrestling world is small. Also, yeah. my first ever professional wrestling match was for a television show called oh, World wow. of Hurt, which was a Canadian reality show mm-hmm. as Lance Storm as the trainer on this reality show and so mm-hmm. I did two seasons of that one with um, Lance and one with Rowdy Rowdy Piper wow um, but yeah my first I mean I thought that I did so great like at the time <laughs> <laughs> but now when you look back I'm like oh my god I was wearing like brown gear I had free boots on but I was like really committed to the Viking thing at that point um, but yeah it was I just, I mean, I don't remember a lot of it because it was just such a blur and I was just so in the moment and I just trying to not screw it up, you know? Yeah. So the Viking thing was always there. Viking thing has always been there. The fray boots have always been there. Like, people, yeah. I'm one of those laps fans that came back into wrestling like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like witnessing all this new stuff coming in, all this new talent. You're like, whoa! It's you want to get a laugh? Yeah. Just go on YouTube and look up <laughs> World of Hurt Kira Forster because I think it's under my like shoot name. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like I think the like the episode about me. Oh my god, it's awful, but also <laughs> enlightening <laughs> at the same time. But yeah, I've always had the furry boots. I've always been Taya Valkyrie. It was actually Taya first. Okay. And in Mexico, they couldn't pronounce it. Oh. And I kept correcting everybody and saying, no, it's Taya, it's Taya. And Conan went, don't correct them anymore. It's officially Taya. <laughs> We're dropping the Valkyrie because they kept saying Valkyrie because V's and B's are pronounced Got differently it. in Spanish. And yeah, so that's why on a lot of Lucha Libre stuff, I'm just Taya. Oh, that explains yes. it. I always thought it was like a licensing thing. No, nope. like, no, it just... is pronunciation. Oh. <laughs> All the yeah. uh, but I've info. always <laughs> always been Ty Valkyrie like since day one first poster first indie match furry mm-hmm. boots really bad hair brown gear <laughs> and yeah where, where did the where did the uh, Valkyrie gimmick come from like well I'm from uh, I have Norwegian descent okay. in my family um, I've always looked you know I always like iconic kind of strong women obviously through history and a Valkyrie mm-hmm. is a blonde woman on a winged horse who decides who lives and who dies mm-hmm. um, so I mean it fit perfectly <laughs> it honestly was just like thinking about names with my friends and, and going giving ideas back and forth and that was mm-hmm. the one that everyone kind of went well that's cool mm-hmm. and at the time I was so like I mean you can always be like I wish I'd picked something different or but you know what like it all literally Taya just came from a list of names and my girlfriends but I think this one's the cutest like it wasn't didn't have anything special I probably could have stuck with Kira because there's not a lot of Kiras in the world but yeah I don't know it's just it was always kind of that was the inspiration for my character first was being kind of like the Norse Mm -hmm. queen goddess kind of warrior more than anything um, and then it just evolved from there and obviously right. where and that, Aloka was given to me as a nickname because I would yell at Pero in English <laughs> and he couldn't understand me <laughs> and he would say pinche wera loca all the time which is effing crazy blonde chick mm-hmm. white chick um, and I was like I don't understand and then everybody started calling me that and <laughs> the name just stuck and here we are you know seven years later yeah just another layer to your appearance because again I saw you saw the name first thought one thing and then I started yeah. speaking I'm like whoa there's, there's a, a lot, lot going on, on. <laughs> if I could just jump in here first mm-hmm. um, of course you trained at Lance Storm's Academy mm-hmm. um, and that I heard is a closing store soon 
So with that said, um, what do you think was like the biggest lesson you lost taught you? <sighs> Lance. Um, I mean, I'm forever grateful that I found him in the first place. I mean, there's so many people out there with schools and that, that shouldn't be having schools. <laughs> and Lance is the best. Honestly, he just taught me the, the very fundamental, you know, things about professional wrestling. And he was always there for me. Like, I remember just being, like, so sad or, like, something would happen when I was living in Mexico and he'd always check in on me and give me advice. And um, he was just such a good mentor to have and a very grounding mentor. Anytime I'd let, you know, something was crazy was going, he's, I mean, he's Lance Storm. Yeah. <laughs> if he could be serious for a moment he is very, he's always just he's always just there and um you know i continue to ask him for advice it's always been like that and there's that kind of like wrestling dad mentality kind of thing and he just you know he's just such a good hearted person who cares about his students and i think that's the best and most important thing that i got from him was just like that grounding and that person that i could always turn to really quick question here they asked her how did she learn spanish Listen. I learned Spanish. Yeah. I don't even know. Now when I think about it, I'm just like, how did we do that? Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. On the subway, yelling at people. Like, <laughs> You learn quick in that environment. Yeah. Oh, well, you have to or yeah. else you, you die. <laughs> the next question that was uh, heard off my mic was uh, asking her about uh, other avenues outside of wrestling and uh, just other forms of uh, entertainment that she wanted to jump in and her thoughts on that. Actually, I just got cast in a movie. Hey. I just confirmed it yesterday. Thank you. Um, I can't talk a lot about it, but um, I'll be filming it at the end of October. So. Oh, fantastic. And I'm a well, badass in it, so yay. <laughs> perfect fit. I, yeah, it's an action kind of... It's very Ruda. Well, but it's oh, a very perfect. bad girl kind of thing. Um, but... It's yeah, it's more on the action kind of side of it. I mean, I'm open to anything, and I mean, John and I have a movie that's in like post production right now that we did, we wrote together, and it's a like a short horror comedy. So, I mean, I just kind of dabble in all sorts of things, but that's one thing that John has definitely done is introduced me to that world, which I was always like interested in. I mean, I was a theater geek, mm-hmm. of course, I'm interested in that kind of stuff, but. I mean, there is also no book written on how the hell do you get into that or who exactly. do you talk to and it's LA and everybody's an actress here. So um, I just kind of sit back and like just let my work speak for itself. And so I'm really excited about um, getting to do this and doing something different. So, oh, okay. uh, for, so why don't we go real quick into how um, basically how did you end up in Impact? Because um, you've been the longest reigning knockouts champion. Have impact. Yeah. So back <laughs> yeah. in the day, when I was in AAA, Jeff and Karen Jarrett used to come down to AAA all the time, mm-hmm. and I was always just like so excited that someone spoke English. <laughs> um, and me and Karen actually re- became friends because I was always there and I was ha- hang out with them and stuff. And they always would make a joke about how they were going to put me in their suitcase and just take me back to to Impact Wrestling, <laughs> get me out of there, you know. Um, and that's basically how it came about was eventually the subject came up about me potentially working with Impact and I was living in the States at the time and it just was the perfect transition a lot of people don't know that I was approached to work at Impact before John (laughs) I know everyone likes to think that I just follow him around but no no like I I was the first one to get onto Impact, and then then John came on after. Like, I mean, obviously shortly afterwards, but it was because of that open conversation that you know the conversations I had with Karen and Jeff, and they really saw something in me, and here we are. So, yeah, that's how it became about. Wow! And then, 
what uh, this whole Axis anthem deal like? What does that mean to you as a performer? I mean, as a performer, you always want the most people to see what you do, and I yeah. feel like over the last year, I've done my best work, character-wise, in-ring-wise, really changed a lot of like just being true to myself, and I think it comes with confidence and with time, and like it's literally just through chipping away at like how I want to improve or how I want my character to be and really being true to myself honestly Ty is just a part of me right you know and now I'm excited because a lot of more people are going to be able to see what we do and and we've been doing some of our best work as a whole as a company for the last two years I feel like especially this year especially 2019 not just because I'm not going to champion but um, (laughs) but I do feel like the company as a whole has just improved drastically and the talent is so hungry for the opportunity and it's so you can see it it so comes across as so genuine when you watch the matches and you can see that we all just care yeah. so now I'm just really excited that everyone and more people are going to be able to watch us on Access TV and I think that this is a really really great relationship uh, that Impact and Anthem are, are you know starting with them and uh, I'm really looking forward to closing out this year just as I started it as strongly as possible and still as knockouts champion and, and you know, see what 2020, I can't believe we're saying that, 2020. Ugh. Wow. Stop. Can we make the time wow. stop? Um, let's see what 2020 has in store because I feel like there's all these things, like uh, wrestling right now is so crazy that yeah. I don't even know what's going on <laughs> half yeah. the time. But it's exciting and it makes me want to work harder and it makes me, you know, want to think about other ways to make Taya as ridiculous and fun and crazy as possible so Mm -hmm. for this next section she was asked to comment on the women's revolution that was going on in wwe and comment on uh her thoughts uh, about how impact really did it first with the knockouts division yeah and i feel like when i wanted to become a wrestler i mean i was watching uh tna at the time and obviously wwe and i was like i wanted to be a diva i wanted to be a knockout but i was so evident to me even before even training just as a fan that the knockouts were being given the opportunity to actually shine and actually have matches and not just pillow fights and i mean obviously that was years and years and years ago it's not like that at all in wwe anymore but at that time it was so evident that tna really did push the women first and um you know, I wanted to be Awesome Kong. I wanted to be Gail Kim. Like, that's what I wanted, you know. I've always wanted to be the athlete. Yeah, I, like, really enjoy being cute and <laughs> looking, you know, representing women in, in the feminine and fun and athletic and strong way. But I also want to be a badass wrestler. And I yeah. feel like Impact allows us to do that and also allows us to be as creative as we would like. So. Oh, wow. Uh, this next brief section was uh, asking her about uh, her feud with Tessa. Can we look forward to more matches with her and uh, and their relationship? And uh, if you haven't seen them in the ring before, they're both fantastic. Um, well, I don't know if anybody saw the match we just had in New York. That was at uh, Madison Square Garden for the AAA mm-hmm. Invades New York. Yeah. It was actually on Access TV as well. Um, I mean, Tessa, I feel like, is going to be forever a thorn in my side. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, she's become one of my favorite people to wrestle I feel like we balance each other out so perfectly and I never would have really guessed that five years ago or a few years ago when I first met her but um, we've both like kind of gone in these completely different ways 
but also just when we come together and when what you saw last year at Bound for Glory and last year at Homecoming and like all this kind of the the street fight in Mexico and stuff we just play off each other so well and there's really just is you know black and white and like we're just different but perfectly fit together at the same mm-hmm. time if that makes sense. Well it's definitely like big fight feel when you two get in Yeah the we ring. just want to kill yeah. each other and yeah. it's like and we have so much trust in each other and we I can tell like her movement I just can look at her and I know what's happening and she does this, does the same for me I f- we feel like we don't have to say anything right. and we know what's happening you know I don't know it's like a weird intuitive thing and I have that connection with her It's like real chemistry Yeah it's real, real chemistry yeah. you know Yeah maybe in a past life we were sisters I don't know, but <laughs> news is Ty Valkyrie is a Blanchard. No, <laughs> um, no, but she literally like is just such a talented young lady and um, is doing her own thing and I'm doing my own thing. But I just I know that we'll probably like get, we'll face each other again a hundred million times in this mm. lifetime, you know. Um, but I would dance and wrestle her all day, you know. So it's right. it's I'm so glad the fans love seeing us fight each other because I love fighting her. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? I mean, it is 2019. Yeah. We can do anything we want. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. Do you, do you have any well, does, do you have any other dream opponents out there? And it doesn't have to be just an impact, but like anywhere. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's so many people I haven't wrestled yet. Yeah. I've wrestled a lot of people, but there's certain people in companies that I've never wrestled, and it's because they're in companies where they can't uh-huh. wrestle me. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, talent pool's so huge now. Yeah. And there's just, like, people everywhere, like, how have I not wrestled Britt Baker or Chelsea Green? Like, how is that even a thing? Oh. Um, how have I not wrestled Diona? How have I, like, Natty, I've never wrestled her, both mm-hmm. from Calgary. Like, I don't know, it's just, like, so many possibilities out there. And mm-hmm. I feel like also, like, if I have that chemistry with Tessa that I would have that chemistry with Charlotte or I would have that chemistry with Sasha like I feel like all those the women are at the top of their game Becky um, and everyone is just put the world on notice that like we're all badasses in our own way and I feel like everyone's just so different there isn't 10 carbon copies it's everybody is so different now and I love that and where everyone's able to be themselves and be different whereas I feel like 10 years 15 years ago it was like hi you know I have to be a stereotypical Barbie doll and it's not like that anymore and it's really cool because that's what makes us all more comfortable in our own skin that's what makes us more confident in our matches and that's what makes it more authentic and um, you're seeing that across the board Mm -hmm. from WWE AEW and Impact obviously of course yeah where where do you feel like Impact fits in with all because they're wrestling almost every day of the week now I know how do people watch it all (laughs) I can't I try I really honestly try but um, but where where do you think Impact like fits in and what sets it apart um, I just realized there's a kind of two different opposing questions. <laughs> okay, um, how want to say this? Um, well, we're our own. We have our own identity. We've mm-hmm. been around for a long time. Even though we were named something else, there's been, you know, dark shadows in the past, and like we've had to prevail, and like mm-hmm. you know all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think we fit in just like on the same level as everybody else. We have the best wrestlers in the world. We have the best mm-hmm. women's wrestlers in the world, and. We constantly are creating buzz and trying to have the best matches that we possibly can have. And um, 
you know, Tuesday's ours now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's when people, so people might not realize it's like, even though this is a newer deal, a lot of you are seasoned veterans who really know what they're doing and really put on, on a show. I've been on television 99% yeah. of my career. Yeah. I wrestled in the Indies in Canada for one year. Yeah. And then I was on TV in Mexico. Yeah. So I have a lot of TV experience. I have a lot of cross you know country um style experience and i think it's evident that we have a lot of people on our roster that are like that absolutely um from luchadors to you know everybody in between it's um it's such a a crazy bag of misfit toys i feel like (laughs) i felt like that on lucha underground too like we're all just we've all kind of had these struggles and like we're all just trying to prove to the world that we belong Mm -hmm. there but i think that that's what makes us relatable that's what makes us authentic and that's what makes us genuine and that's what you know comes across as us just being the best because yeah. we work that much harder than everybody else I feel like yeah the authenticity from Impact really shines through yeah, now we're like, family yeah. and the locker room is so close and we all support each other it's all about the company it's not about just one person mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Every single one of us, Impact would not be where it is right now. And we're so thankful for the people behind the scenes, the writers, the producers, everybody too, because it's a, all these pieces come together and we're, we're as a unit. And I think that that's something also in different companies. Sometimes you notice that it seems very disconnected mm-hmm. um, because I feel like they become too big or they just don't, like people aren't just, aren't, aren't under the same understanding that this is, we're trying to be one, we have one purpose, mm-hmm. creating this show, making it special and everyone comes together on Impact to do that. And I think it's very evident. That's fantastic. Um, if anyone has to, well, for for newer fans, what are you most excited for them to see? Like, what uh, what can they can they expect from like next season? Uh, or October 29th. October 29th. On yeah. Access. <laughs> right. Let's get all the plugs in, too. I got to remember that. <laughs> the first official show of Impact Wrestling on Access TV post Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. Bound for Glory is the pay-per-view that is coming up on October 20th in Chicago. Which um, just sold out, by the way. Found out right out. before this. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay for it on pay-per-view. <laughs> um, what can they expect? I mean, a lot of the same stuff, but just... And expect continual growth from every single performer, and I'm sure we'll have new performers. And I feel like Impact also like takes a chance on people. Mm-hmm. So there's probably going to be people coming in and now that are that you've never seen before, and um, just open your eyes to, and allow yourself to enjoy Impact Wrestling because it really is something special. And I'm proud to represent it. I'm proud to be the women's champion, and I'm proud of you know being part of something that's really like the little engine that could like. There's an aspect of that, just you know what I mean, that I feel very special to be part of this evolution, especially in the last few years. So yeah, I'm very excited to see Impact grow, and like I think it's like a real wild card in this whole wrestling, this new era. Um, Sleeping Dragon. Yeah, you know. absolutely. And again, like makes you, yeah, you guys are exciting because you can take the chances. You have a lot of experience, but very fresh talent to new fans. And um, very excited to see what's coming up this season. Um, I think I'm gonna wrap. If you guys want to do anything else with Taya. Yeah, I think I'm good. Awesome. Yeah, I think I, t- over here. I think I think I, I think I took too much of your time. <laughs> This next question was asked uh, by another one of the reporters saying, um, did the knockouts moniker title kind of bother her? And they're referring to um, previously WWE that called their female talent uh, divas and Impact calls them their female talent knockouts and was wondering if like um, 
did the having them called knockouts bother them or you know would she want to just be called like women's wrestling so uh hear her thoughts on that um i don't know i don't have a problem with it and i get asked that i've actually been asked that like four times in the last two days with the mm-hmm. knockout's name doesn't bother me i mean before I was a wrestler as a fan, I wanted to be a diva and I wanted to be a knockout. I don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like all those women that came before me are the reason that the knockouts are where they are, and I'm proud to like rep- continue representing that legacy. Doesn't offend me at all. I feel like yeah. people are so sensitive nowadays. Like, come on, it's just a name. When I was a little kid, I thought it meant like knockout. Well, I mean, how do you know that it's not what it means? You know? Yeah. What is it? But it's like I don't know. I'm not offended by it, and maybe people are gonna disagree agree with me but I'm just not offended by it um we're special and we have a special name I don't know mm-hmm. I just like I enjoy representing it and people are too sensitive chill out it's professional wrestling have fun yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah fun that's what everyone should be having fun with this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no it's just and the thing is like if the knockouts were still the same as they were 20 years 15 years ago then then maybe no maybe it should change but we've continually evolved and proven our you know level of ability and talent so we're just like an other layer of the knockout story and I don't think that that should be cut I feel like that's a cool thing mm-hmm. yeah. cool thank you guys and that's it for Ty's time a uh, big thank you to her she was fantastic hopefully I can um, see her at the next bar show and maybe even get her in for a podcast. I'd love to have like a full uh, one-on-one interview with her. Next up, I got to interview the Impact Champion, uh, Brian Cage. This guy is a machine, and I believe that's his moniker as well. Uh, fantastic physical specimen, uh, and he's fantastic to watch, too. Again, I was familiar with him from bar wrestling. Uh, can't recommend that indie promotion enough, but uh, Brian Cage is the guy here. He had a spectacular match with Sammy Callahan at Bound for Glory. This was, again, recorded right before Bound for Glory, but, uh, again, look look for him on the next uh, the season premiere of Impact on the 29th. Uh, just a blast to talk to, full of energy, and, uh, yeah, I can't recommend his matches enough. Uh, so here is the roundtable with Brian Cage. Oh, yeah, 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 you always put on a good show there. Bar Rest is a lot of fun, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, so I always encourage people to go that and, like, always mention your name. So for people who are new to Impact and your work, um, how would you describe your self and your your whole persona uh well you know there's uh like i i i do try to say that i'm the uh like the overall best or uh the all-around best rather mm-hmm. um i well, I have several monikers right then i have the machine gimmick which is was from excalibur from pwg mr gmsi which is uh i've always been one to uh want to go out there and, and steal the show and get all my get all my stuff in mm-hmm. um that's where it comes from it's got, uh, i don't know if i can cuss can i cuss on this yeah absolutely because like in wrestling there's a term called you know get your shit in and so people are always joking like oh brun cage wants to get all of his shit in get all of his shit in and <laughs> i was like yeah that's right because i'm mr get my shit in and i <laughs> I just had every pop huge for it. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna announce that tonight in the in the ring, and like it was kind of a joke, but it just got, got over, and so I came into it. Um, but my three people I wanted to emulate in the ring growing up was the three Chris's: it was Chris Canyon, mm-hmm. Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho. I wanted like a culmination of all three of their attributes, mm-hmm. and a big part of my wrestling style is that from Chris Canyon as far as uh, as far as innovative offense. And oh, absolutely, yeah. And and I throw that back to him with like. Uh, 
uh, with with the Weapon X version of the Flatliner. I, I say the Who better because we were really good friends, and that's an homage to him. So I'm trying to steal his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but but with that, you know, I, I took like you know like like Benoit's intensity and his physique and Jericho's agility and his charisma. And I wanted to have his mic work and Kane's bumping and selling and moveset. So I tried to kind of a hybrid of that stuff. But uh, but instead of being you know the next version of any of those, I'm, I'm seeing myself more as you know the first and only Brian Cage. And again, we were talking earlier about like my physique and how people are you know surprised at how well I move or how well I can perform in the ring with the muscular physique that I have that's generally not the case and again that was that was just kind of it just kind of happened like I I gotten really into fitness and bodybuilding uh, but I was always a wrestler through and through and I just continued to progress mm-hmm. uh, throughout my career like not only in the ring and, and my character on the mic and everything else but then as well with my body so uh, it wasn't like oh I need to be this big huge you know 270 pounds super heavyweight mm-hmm. uh, I never thought that I'd even get that big it just it just kind of happened and right. it worked out to my uh, worked out to my credit because then it, it separated me from the pack more not only as far as my look but then my ability so it's kind of a of a niche thing where nobody else really can match my my in-ring ability with with my physique as well so it helps me stand out and be you know uh, one of a kind if you will yeah absolutely yeah I'm noticing a theme here because we just had Taya on and it's like I'm noticing like we see one thing and then once we see you like talk and do your thing in the rain yeah. you're like oh there's a lot of layers here. yeah yeah of course of course, of course. And that's the truth you want to be yeah. versatile well you yeah. want to be like you know you want to be a one-trick pony or you know mm-hmm you don't want to do the same five moves over. Yeah, yeah. Over I know a couple yeah. guys do that, but uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so where where did you uh, where did you get your start? Where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Northern California. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I was raised in uh, Chico, California. Okay. Um, they have a little. It's funny enough. I was just talking about a guy I interviewed us yesterday. He was also from Chico, and we were talking about how Chico State was like the number one party school for a while, and that was actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually on King of the Hill. Remember, Bobby was like, oh, I'm going to go to party school, Chico State number one. And better yet, when Chico got that shout out, it was actually the pro wrestling episode of King of the Hill that they said that on. So <laughs> it was uh, pretty funny. But um, but yeah, I started up there. Um, there was a local school that I went to called PCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trained with a guy named uh, Mr. Primetime and old school Oliver John. O- Oliver John, by the way, give him a shout out. He is probably not only one, the second best trainer after Dr. Tom Pritchard, which is a huge compliment to him, but also mm-hmm. probably. The most talented guy I've ever seen in the ring that never like made it. Like he was right. so good, so good. I mean, even when he was started training us, I think he was like forty, but he like was in better shape than anybody even like today still. And like in just the moves you take, and like the he was just phenomenal. So he's long since now been retired and and, and stopped. But uh, it's a shame that he never got a big break because he was phenomenal. But uh, I started there. Um, I actually even started running my own promotion in Chico called Main Event Wrestling Federation. Oh, I didn't know you had your own promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that for a couple of years. That's actually I got to work Chris Canyon in my hometown in my home league. Wow, as well, which is uh, probably my, still my my favorite match I've ever had in my career at this point. Maybe not the best match because I was pretty young in my career, but of course for all the things you know tied into it and how, how special and meaningful it was to me I, I think that's probably always gonna be my favorite match of my life so oh wow and, and from there you went to where, where did you uh, from there I ended up and actually with Canyon's help I got to go to Deep South Wrestling uncontracted but I was uh, a full-time member of the roster did all the training with all like the signed talent and uh, was looking actually like I was gonna get signed until they closed the doors down Deep South um, I'd had uh, a son at that time, and his mom gave me the blessing to go out there and, and go for it. And when the, they closed the doors and they were moving to Florida, I wanted to keep pursuing it, but I was like, you know, I said if something happened, I would, I'd come back. So I packed mm-hmm. up my bags and moved back home. But um, from being out there and, and making connections, shortly afterwards, I got a phone call and I got booked for a few extra spots through a California loop. And uh, I ended up getting a contract and going to F- 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 FCW. Um, 
uh, contract and be a developmental talent for a couple years in WWE. And after that didn't uh, pan out the way I thought it would, and I got released. I came back out to California, started working for a pro wrestling gorilla, really got built up a good namesake on that in the independent scene, which led to me getting signed to the AAA and Lucha Underground, which fast forward now here, Impact Wrestling and the current world champion. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Feel free to get you guys to jump in with the questions too. Yeah. At this point, Brian was asked to comment on his time in Lucha Underground. Oh, the Lucha Underground, especially season two and three, is still probably the most fun I've ever had in wrestling. It was, it was. Like season one was great. Season four was cool, but like two and three just were, were so great and so unique and special, and it was just so much fun, like performing in front of that crowd and and in that locker room and just the match. It, it just, it just everything was like perfect. Like that was when uh, Lucha Underground was was filming. We get interviewed about that all the time. That was the uh, a big quote I'd always say was, "I never thought." I never felt how I thought it would feel like to be a wrestler at age 10 until Lucha Underground. Oh. That was the first time. Like Even living my dream of getting signed by WWE, so, like, I never felt like, okay, this is it until mm-hmm. Lucha Underground. That's, that's, well, that, that was the childhood sensation and, and dream that I felt like it would feel like was when I was there. What was so specific about Lucha Underground? It, it just, it just, just the overall treatment and atmosphere and just overall, like, the fun. You know, your yeah. kid. I mean, everything's still a job, right? You know, even now, like, like I'm living the dream, but there's still, you know, you have crappy flights, you have this, you have that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's always a job aspect to it, but with Lucha Underground, it was the first time I just felt like I was a kid and just everything was fun. Like, mm-hmm. it was just everything was great, you know? So that was just like, oh, this is really living the dream mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, you can love everything about it, so. This next question was, uh, how fun was it to work with uh, uh, Melissa Santos and Lucha Underground? Who Melissa Santos, if you don't know, is um, Brian's now wife um both in story mode and in real life um so that she's a trained wrestler as well well but she um works more as an announcer from what i've seen um but yeah you just want uh, they wanted to know like what it was it like to work with her and how is it fun to work with her in uh, in impact and in lucha underground Right, and well, that's where we first met too. Was in Lucha Underground as well, and obviously when we first met the the first like season and a half or so, we weren't an item. Um, but you know, yeah, being able to, to work with her now and, and have her jump on to uh, Impact's been great. Um, I've been stoked that they've been able to uh, incorporate her uh, into more and more use, and hopefully that'll transpire to her getting you know featured more and in a more predominant role or just something different than just being a backstage interviewer, which looks like will probably be the case. Yeah, she's, uh, she's trained. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. She's yeah. done a couple of things at Bar and uh, in the past, Lucha and Wow and stuff. So she actually was training to have a match again with me uh, last New Year's Eve, and she actually tore her ACL like two days oh, before wow. the show. So that's actually too originally when she came in. I think they were going to do some stuff with her, but she hasn't been able to because of her ACL. But she's uh, she's doing well. We actually just went to Columbia and got some stem cells done too, and she's healed tremendously from that. So I I, I keep telling her I think she's going to be okay in about like six to eight weeks, which is like I mean at that point it's like a seven month recovery time from for an ACL surgery is phenomenal. That you had stem cells done. It was yes, your yes, shoulder? Yes, yes. I had them done bo- uh, both shoulders, both shoulders. Uh, my back, my hip, and my right knee. The back and the hip were the main thing and that's been the injury that i've sustained from rebellion that's kind of been plaguing me and haunting me um and that's the thing too like this year has been phenomenal for me i finally won the world title i get married unfortunately though both those nights i spent in the er in the hospital the same night so kind of bittersweet on both ends but uh 
um, like you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it'll, it'll look good in the book. So, you right. Know. <laughs> there's, a, there's an interesting story there. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. and then how, um, what, what was the exact injury in your shoulder? It was, uh, just- the, it was so since we were there, we were just able to get uh, a, a better deal and hook up with more stuff. Like the injuries in the shoulders were major. I had like a, a small issue in my rotator cuff and okay. just tonight, like not, nothing major, but they're just they're like, okay, we can throw it in there and help something heal. The main injury, the main reason I went there was for the back and the hip. And then as right, right. I was there, they were basically like, oh, hey, you know, you want fries with that? I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> well. So, wow, it's actually like a pretty efficient system there. <laughs> so, so how how long's the recovery time been? So, like, um, the initial treatment too, you can get super sore from it, not because it hurts, but uh, it increases inflammation in the area that you get treated because inflammation will keep the cells there. So don't, you almost feel worse for you feel better. Um, I, I was only kind of sore for a couple of days, and I actually wrestled. Like, we left Friday, and I wrestled that Sunday. Um, wow. <laughs> Melissa and Mysterio, I also feel like the, they were kind of saying it's, like, size-based, like, weight to stem cell ratio kind of helps. Because, okay. like, Melissa and Ray Mysterio were both there, and they obviously tremendously smaller than I am, and they got a lot of stem cells done as well. And they were much more... Uh, sore and had more side effect symptoms than I did. I was pretty Mm -hmm. much fine. Um, But with that, it takes about uh, four to six weeks for the stem cells to fully get into your bloodstream and your system. And then depending on where you get them placed and what the injury is, um, then it takes, you know, X amount of months to fully repair whatever the issue. Because, like, think about this. You got to get the... The, the stem cell injection, for instance, is like is like the the plant food, right? So that's gonna get in your body, and your body's right. gonna absorb it. And then, so say if you're trying to regrow your, you know, your elbow tendon or something like that, well, now, now it's like a plant, so now it's gonna slowly grow. You know, it's not gonna just like overnight, be like boom, heal like your Wolverine. I wish, you know, because I love Wolverine, but uh, so depending on what the injury is and where you're at, it'll take X amount of time for it to fully kind of grow. So you'll get you'll get some immediate pain relief. But then mm-hmm. you'll get continued, uh, you know, results and, and benefits for several months afterwards. And then, too, even then, if you sustain another minor injury to that area, it actually will help it recover faster as well. So, oh wow! No, I, I think I, again, if the, if the surgery stuff was a little intrusive, but it's like I always want to give wrestlers a voice and kind of really put a real spotlight on like the sacrifice like all your performers give because you're people say it's like oh it's fake or you're landing on a trampoline or something like that's not the case especially if you've seen it live yeah yeah no people don't realize that too like and even then even people like you know heard or or saw that i got hurt rebellion when i was working my match against johnny impact when i won the title like someone just reviewed the match too was like kind of like oh you know the match wasn't that great and blah 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 um he's like i know cage was hurt but like i I think you guys realize like like my leg was completely numb i thought i broke my back i thought my career was i literally was in fear that my career was over like i was i didn't want to quit i wanted to win it but like i was pretty thinking this is it like i don't want to do for us my life like i'm terrified yeah at the same time we're still doing the match like not to throw shade on anybody, but that was UFC. The mat, the fight would have been over. They would have continued on. Like, it'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's it. Call it. You know, the fight's done. Um, and Lance and Johnny both wanted the match to end throughout the whole match. Like, no, no, keep going, keep going. Like, and then, too, because I'm hurt, stuff's changing. And on the fly, like, somebody else said that, too. Like, like oh, well, this didn't really fit that. I'm like, yes, because everything's just on the fly now. Like, nothing what we thought was going to happen happened everything yeah. else was like alright throw that all out the window we're going to have to just ablib everything from this point on to try to get to the uh, uh, a suitable finish so mm-hmm. um, and that just also just goes to like not the performance base but also just like how much we love and how much we're willing to sacrifice for this business and again a lot of even if you're a true fan they may not truly appreciate or understand oh, how yeah. much people uh, all, all of us you know beat up our bodies and go through it and then on top of that when you are hurt how you not only continue the match but you don't want to take time off because not you know you you work so hard to get your spotter to to get this match or get this moment, and 
uh, you know, if you if you take a step out of that spotlight for a moment, someone's gonna be right there to take it. And yeah, your, not, your momentum yeah. might oh, fall, and, you're like, and, it's, yeah. and it's no fault to somebody else. You know, like so if I had to, for instance, you know, drop the title, and someone else got the title, I can be mad at that person, of course. Why would they not want that spot? Yeah. But you know, you don't want that to happen because you've you've worked so hard for this moment or for that you know for this momentum, and as soon as you do, you know try to dial back just a little bit. You know, someone's there, so that's why a lot of us too are get so banged up and beat up or whatever because nobody wants to let go, and, yeah, and, and risk you know losing whatever they could possibly have. Yeah. It, it's happened more than once where somebody's had that happen and like their career's pretty much almost gotten cut out, cut off from that. So yeah, you don't have the luxury of an off season to go no. heal. Oh no, yeah, of yeah, course. you're constantly traveling and and a lot of people might not realize it's like not with just the the TV deal you have here. It's like you're traveling around to other promotions as well. Yeah, too, yeah. And on top of that, some people don't appreciate that like the the late nights and early flights and all the constant traveling like so i get off the plane sometimes more beat up than leaving the ring oh well. yeah that, that you know it plays a big role as well different time zones and lack of sleep and all the travel like that 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 wears your body down as well so yeah no one thinks about your immune system taking oh, a beating yeah, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, yeah of course so oh, yeah. yeah there's there's so many there, there's so many variables but you know that's that's that becomes the the real world like job you know part part of it but it's all it's all worth the sacrifice when you're out there and you get to live your dream and you know have that adrenaline rush of being able to perform and do what you love yeah there's no there's probably no high than like a no no like course. a crowd chanting your name you know, in the middle and, of the ring. i said before like a lot of like the you know former wd guys that were uh you know passing or dropping or committing suicide a lot of uh i don't remember who said it but somebody was mentioning like they feel like a, a big reason for that too is because you know, people are out there and they're performing in front of thousands. They're living the dream. They get that high, and then when it's gone, it's almost like they try to find a replacement for that high. Yeah, and and there is no replacement for that high. No. But then, yeah, people just go down kind of that downward spiral, and it's it's unfortunate and sad. But like, yeah, it is. It becomes a really addictive drug that's just like you're willing to, to sacrifice it all, you know, to be out there and and to put your body through it, and then, yeah, sometimes it's not so kind to you afterwards. Yeah. Here, Brian was asked about other avenues of uh, revenue and things he wanted to do outside of wrestling. Uh, there's always been like, um, so like, since I was a kid, and I always had this dream of being a wrestler. Like the, the idea too was always you know to secure enough finances and namesake value and whatnot and popularity to be able to create uh, my own. Especially because you know I'm someone to fitness and I've been to like every gym all around the world. I want to make like a perfect gym. And then not only on top of that, like I'd love to have like a, a gym and like a training center, like you know for wrestling and even like MMA and like a tanning salon and maybe a supplement shop and a restaurant, like all this one stop shop. And then. Um, Bliss has actually been going back to school too to finish her kinesiology degree and then transfer oh, wow. into chiropractic care. So then if we could have a physical rehab place and a chiropractic, like just have like this, this awesome, you know, perfect building of everything, you know, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that would be a, that would be something that I always thought would be really fun and to be able to have a, you know, after wrestling career with. Yeah, it'd be nice to have like a, like you know your own kind of independent performance center where sure. everybody could get taken uh, care uh, of. Totally, totally, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and then I would, and that would be cross all. You know, it'd be very wrestling related, obviously, but mm -hmm. then it would be very fitness and the bodybuilding oriented. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, for the casual junior population, just kind of like a perfect little like health spa, if yeah. you will. So yeah, people probably don't realize the struggle of staying in shape on the road. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a whole other challenge as well. Like yeah, people also yeah, they especially in your case, like. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. people are like, 
that's another reason too. Like I'm, I'm a rarity because yeah, it's not easy. Like you know, no. like sometimes people will call me a diva because I'm like, oh, I gotta have this, I gotta have that, I gotta have this. I'm like, hey, if I could just show up and not go to the gym and eat McDonald's or Chipotle all day long, trust me, I would take that avenue. That's a much easier <laughs> road to take. It's not like this is this is easy, but uh, but no, I mean, I, I love and this lifestyle is exactly that. Now it's became a lifestyle, so it's habitual and it's just kind of part of the deal. But uh, even then, if I wanted to stop, I feel like I couldn't because I've built this. Uh, I kind of built my, my, my myself into a, a, a predicament now where I feel like it's it's a prerequisite that like oh Brian Cage is going to show up he's going to look jacked he's going to do a bunch of cool flips like that's like right. what people are expecting to see so if I show up and I'm out of shape skinny Brian Cage and I don't do anything fun I'm like people are like what the hell is this I want my money back like yeah <laughs> at this point Brian was asked about the morale in the locker room uh you know we're all stoked on that I mean it, it's been it's been a good. Uh, morale in the locker room since I've been there in 2018. Uh, I don't think that gets enough credit too, as far as how well um, everyone gets along and how like we work together as a. It's one of the few places too where I feel like everyone's worked together as a unit. Maybe outside of Lucha Underground to make the overall product great, not just an individual great. If that makes sense, like no one's out there like, oh, I got to be this guy. There's no backstage, you know, backstage being a politic and whatever. Like to, for for an individual's greater good, I feel like it's for the whole company's greater good, which will make us all better in the long run. Uh, but then obviously yes moving access is tremendous help because I feel like we've been putting on such a consistent great product as far as story and matches and everything and I kind of uh, you know it's a little disheartening when you go out there and you kill it and you have these amazing performances but only a small percentage of the wrestling population will be able to witness it and see it so you almost feel like oh man that sucks I mean we don't have it in we're going to still go out there and kill it but now with people be having you know more access to it no pun intended it's uh, it, it's going to be great to have, be able to have all these fans see what they've been missing so oh wow what do you think sets uh impact apart from other promotions you know i, I think uh it's it's been one of the longer lasting companies and i, I feel like it's 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 kind of cool the fact that it's had so many up and downs and yeah so many you know rumors of oh it's going out of business going out of business going out of business and it's been forever lasting you know here it is and now the rumors are going from out of business to like oh impact's gonna buy ring of honor you know <laughs> um but uh you know i i feel like it's uh it's very uh the, the guys in charge right now the, the creative have been so good um mm -hmm. i feel like it's um one of the most uncuffed locker rooms as far as you know people being restricted is, yeah. is very minimal and limited there so I feel like that, that showcases too like you know so win, lose, or draw everyone's still kind of going out there to showcase their stuff and is, is still becoming a bigger star mm -hmm. in doing so um, and then now too a nice little niche that I just realized is uh, with Anthem owning you know Impact and Axis we're going to Axis that gives us a little bit more leeway to be able to do not whatever we want but for lack of a better term whatever we want because you don't have to ask permission or, or realize, right. you know, like oh are they going to get away with this like I know they wanted to do some more, you know, extreme stuff or language stuff or intergender stuff, but Pop would never let any of that happen. We were on Pop before, so we couldn't do it. Okay. And that was because we didn't want to do it. It's because Television Network wouldn't let us do it. Mm -hmm. But now, since we're kind of pulling the strings in that regard, it kind of allows us to have more of that old school attitude or mature, you know, era. If we, if we so be it or want it, that some fans are, are missing or you know wish we're still around. Yeah, I did, I was always curious about how much influence like networks had oh, on their shows. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. totally. Like. Especially, you know, it's so funny too with wrestling because so many be like, oh, it's so fake, it's so fake, nothing's real, it's fake, 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 fake. They want to throw the F word on all day long. Mm -hmm. But as soon as something happens that's like offensive, oh, it's so real. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember they had that, that. You're not characters anymore. Yeah. 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 You're not so, like, 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 we had, 
you know, a kid get ran over in like a segment with uh, the OGs in LAX like last year, yeah. and everyone lost their mind about it. I'm like, hold on, hold on. SVU kids are getting killed all the time. Nobody yeah. bats an eye. Why? Because it's a TV show. I'm like, you guys screaming this stuff is so fake, but then as soon as something happens, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe they would do that, and blah blah. And like that's so offensive and horrible. I'm like, what well, was? You just said it was fake a second ago, but now it's real. Like, what? What is it? You know? Yeah. Ah, I see. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, with uh, how big wrestling is now in terms of like cultural penetration, like there's wrestling on every day of the week now. <laughs> yeah. And even like, I think eight days a week it's on. Like it's. Yeah, I'm just I I can't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I can't believe like that's what I said too. There's more wrestling fans I think than ever because there's so much more wrestling than there's ever been. Like yeah. Here Brian was asked to comment on the the boom of pro wrestling, especially in this month of October, um, and in the last two years, and uh, just kind of like his thoughts on the evolution of the business. I think a big, big reason for that too is social media. Like social media mm-hmm. has opened people's eyes to so many more areas of wrestling and so many more wrestlers and just has really, really sped the evolution as far as everyone's athleticism and just a wrestling ability. But yeah, because that has access to it, like people have just seen so much wrestling and there's just so much there. And, and like, I can't believe like, you know, because like even majority of like, you know, a, a middle of the road, like decent indie still has an on-demand channel and this and that yeah. and streaming pay-per-view. And like, there's just so, like, so even outside the major networks, there's so like, there's got to be, you know, 12 hours of content eight days a week. Like it's like, it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how people do it, man. Yeah, I, uh, I'm one of those laps fans that came back into it maybe like two years ago. So like, just from then to now is already insane. Um, so you're gonna have a lot of new eyes on you. Like, what are you excited for people to see with Impact and and your own work? Um, uh, like I keep saying uh, about Impact, just as far as people to really realize how great it's been and will be and how consistent the product's been. Okay, you know, like I, I went back to about how there's always a lot of rumors of Impact going under and this and that. And a lot of people like to talk a lot of smack on Impact, which is so funny because like, some people will be you know, burying the product. I mean, the company won't die. It's no, not no, going anywhere, no, you know? No, how not, can you not, talk smack not, on it? But, but yeah, when, when people talk about it, and they're like, oh, I haven't watched Impact since 2013 or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, then how... Do you have any idea what's going on there? Yeah. You can't be like, like, I can't tell you how good, I'm, I'm excited to see the Joker, but I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you how good it is or is it because I haven't right. seen it. exactly. That, oh, I, yeah, I'm sure it is, and I've heard such good things about yeah, it, yeah. but I can't say it, I can't sit here and say it sucks because all DC movies sucks, never have seen it, just assuming, uh, because, you know, Suicide Squad wasn't great, this movie has to suck too, like what? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So the fact that people would bury it without watching it is, is just mind-boggling, but now hopefully people watch and go, huh, hot damn, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's what I love about Impact. It's really like the wild card. You guys can take chances. You guys are very authentic, and it, it comes through in the product. Um, where do you see it fitting within, like, the hierarchy, hierarchy of all the shows out there? Like, um, obviously, you know, WWE's number one, the big, the mass conglomerate. Yeah. You got AEW coming up. It's got a lot of steam. You know, it's a new cool thing, the hip thing. Um, I feel like, especially this move, Impact will 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 be right up there with those top three conversations. I think it'll it'll uh, end about taking New Japan and Ring of Honor for sure. And I think it'll be in the top three conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I feel like the the talent, the overall process is there. People are gonna have to see it more. And you know, too, and also the pay per views have been so outstanding. And mm-hmm. even if people don't watch Impact regularly, I think so. I've seen the pay per views, and almost all the papers get like. 
almost a hundred percent positive reviews. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this pay per view is amazing!" Wow, this pay- like we've killed it on our pay per views since last year, and uh, I feel like Bound for Glory selling out too in a big bigger stadium yeah. is is proof to that too. So yeah, your audience is growing. Uh, at this point, it was getting a little more conversational with the roundtable. So a reporter. Uh, commented on Impact's ability to grab his attention uh, more regularly and uh, even uh, mentioned the quality of the product being outstanding. So uh, here, here's uh, Brian's response to that. Yeah, I thought Slammiversary was amazing. I remember, like, it, uh, what was the, the first pay-per-view uh, in, in 2018? I can't remember. It started with an R2. It wasn't Rebellion then, but um, the one that Pentagon won the title with Austin Aries stuff, but like that that pay-per-view I remember like on paper two didn't look like outstanding but it looked okay and I remember watching I'm like wow this is this is solid this is a really good pay-per-view and just every pay-per-view after that's just been like boom boom money mm-hmm. money 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 yeah. retribution I think Some, it was something like that mm-hmm. um, so you've got uh, a big match with uh, Sammy Callahan at uh, at Bound for Glory, already sold out, 20th. Um, what can people expect from that match? Now, I've seen previous matches before, but what is, what's so special about this one? Well, okay, yeah, so Sammy and I, you know, we've, we've had a history with each other. We've worked with him before. Actually, he, he handed me my first pinfall loss last year at Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this one is... Uh, Obviously different not only because it'll be the main event, it'll be for the world title, but as uh, as corny and cliche as it is, it's obviously gotten a little bit more personal with everything that's taking place with uh, myself and my, my new wife, Melissa Santos. And uh and, you know, and Sammy's Sammy's special too in the fact that he really brings up the worst in people. Mm-hmm. He's really good at that. And <laughs> he's also one of the maybe very last few bona fide heels in wrestling as well. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's, there's even if you're a heel, you're still cool. You still get cheered. But he is, he's a guy that's, that's uh, is not too cheered, not too liked, and is, is a guy you you generally dislike and mm-hmm. want to, uh, and want and want to hate. And uh, that's what said he brings out the worst in people. And uh, you know he's so talented, and he's uh, he he always delivers a hell of a performance. So I, I think that uh, we're gonna go out there and we'll we'll definitely steal the show. But I'm not worried about you know. If I'm going to beat Sammy or how I'm going to beat Sammy, it's more I know I'm going to beat Sammy, but it's more I'm worried about what I'm going to do to Sammy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Of course, of course. And then, and then just to throw out to be a fan, I'm really stoked. Um, the other two matches, I mean, the card's great, but the two matches I'm really stoked to watch outside of mine is uh, Mar Fuji and Elgin. Because I think they're gonna, I, they're gonna kill it. I've, I've thrown my name. For Mar Fuji being around in Windsor, I, I would love to wrestle him. Mm-hmm. I've wrestled everybody else in Noah except for him, and I would love to work him. But I mean, I, I would give Elgin the MVP right now of the year. His matches have been amazing all throughout the year on Impact. He's killed it with Swan, with Willie, myself, freaking TJ Perkins. I mean, he, he's he's done great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect that match to be nothing short of, of what he's already done. Um, and on top of that, the um, I just talked about the match. I can't remember what it's called, but the the choose your shot gauntlet match or whatever, just because. I'm not even sure what that is, but it's something new and different. <laughs> and whenever there's something new and different, I always get intrigued with wrestling. Well, yeah, because yeah, I saw that on the card, and yeah. I was like, what is it? It's like, yeah, whoever wins gets to choose, you know, if they want an exhibition title shot, a world title shot, a tag title shot. I'm not sure exactly the, the uh, like, like is it just going to be gone with one guy every so often, or every time he's beat? I'm not sure. But it's just something new and different that I don't know, so I'm, like, excited because... Again, it's so hard in this day and age to have something new or different wrestling. So those are the two matches that really pique my interest. 
Mm-hmm. Here, Brian was asked to comment on the X Division matches and you know matches he wanted to do because uh, there were some crazy uh, Ultimate X matches that he hasn't been able to participate in yet. So here are his thoughts on that. Like the, the, giant X. the Ultimate X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping it actually was going to be that. I, I and I know they brought it back in January this year, and I wanted after cashing option C, I was a little upset that that's how they got you know the next champion because like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to be in an Ultimate X match. I I'm know. like, hey. <laughs> it's one of those things off your bucket list. Like, yeah, I gotta yeah. be in one. I of was those. like, oh, I've been sweet. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, then, then though, in Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling, if we do have another Ultimate X match, I can guarantee you it's not going to end in a disqualification. You know, just to right. Throw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. well, I'm, yeah. well, I'm, I'm good on question. I don't know if you are. And here, uh, Osvaldo Lopez, who's one of the other uh, reporters there, he asked Brian specifically about film and wanting to do movies and such. So here's Brian's response to that. You, you know, I've done I've done some small bits. Um, everything I've done, it's kind of fell in my lap, like by chance or accident. I haven't really pursued it. Um, it's, it's 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 something that's really cool. It really intrigues me. Uh, I've had a lot of fun when I have got to do it, but um, it's not. Uh, it's not a super passion of mine, and I feel like to succeed in anything, that's you know, you already the, the numbers are stacked against you. Whether it's wrestling, whether it's MMA, being a football player, a movie star, whatever, I feel like you really have to have that passion to really make it happen. And uh, I'm not, I'm not shutting the door on it of the possibility, but it's not something that like I'm gonna heavily pursue. I mean, I would love that be enough of a of a of a of a star value to be able to like you know. Be, like my, my two things I always wanted to do was like being a sweet ass like sweet ass action flick like you know just fight scene I can yeah. be the big baddie I don't have to have any lines <laughs> trying to go fight Jet Li or something you know have a cool fight scene and I'd love to to destroy some zombies or to get destroyed by zombies that would be amazing oh. <laughs> so I, if I got those two little check marks off the yeah. Hollywood list that'd be great there we go uh, here another reporter mentioned uh, how other wrestlers break through here's uh, Brian's response uh, to about how wrestlers are breaking through. I'm talking about no holds barred. I, I, I've, was, I've been yeah. presently surpri- uh, pleasantly surprised too with how well Batista's done and his flicks as well. I mean, he lucked out huge with the Guardians role, obviously, but like even then, he's had a few other roles. His, his most recent movie, just one of his most recent movies. Yeah, I just watched Stuber. that. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys just have, have that ability to use who they are to, to kind of. Sure, sure. And I feel like, too, like once you get over enough as well, it obviously allows you to uh, to be featured in, a, in an easier light, you know, because once, once you've already like proved yourself a little bit, like, you know, with his Guardians role, even if he's not like the greatest actor, the biggest name, it's like, okay, well, now we can give him this and give him that. And now you have some more value and namesakes so people are going to watch your stuff. So it's a little easier to fall into it. I say it like also comparing it to like The Rock. I mean, obviously, The Rock's fantastic at everything he does. But The Rock's also so over that, like, no matter what he says, gets over. Like, he can go out there and say the stupidest thing in the world, mm-hmm. but it's going to get over because he's yeah. just The Rock. So, like, once you get, like, you know, just at that level, you're like, well, ah. you can expect <laughs> bananas and pancakes. But, like, oh my God, what? <laughs> T shirts. Like, and here's Brian's response to specifically, like, Disney and Marvel roles. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, you know, if 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 Disney and Marvel's listening, I would love to play, you know, maybe a Wolverine character or something. But you know, I mean, you got the chops for you know, so got this Wolverine. So, so. <laughs> I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever. I'll be the, you know, I'll be the guy getting beat up by Moon Knight on the on the TV series if I have to. Whatever. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that was, that was pretty dope. Uh, that was a great answer. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you so much no for problem, your time. Guys. This was uh, amazing. Uh, Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. On. See you guys. And that's it for my time with Brian Cage. That was a blast. Looking forward to seeing him on Access. And uh, uh, hopefully I still see him at uh, Bar Wrestling, too. He's a fantastic guy. Um, and another one I'd happily have on the show for a full interview. Uh, and that's it for this first part of the episode. So uh, please tune in soon for the, the second half of my media day. I had three more interviews to do, and, uh, and they were all awesome. So um, uh, on the next episode, I'll have my interviews with Scott Demore, uh, Johnny Swinger, and Josh Matthews. So stay tuned for that. Uh, this show... Oh, you can find me... Let's get these plugs in again. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin Justin underscore Malari blah (laughs) Uh, and the Geek Offensive has its own social media as well look for the handle at Geek Offensive this show is brought to you by the Geek Say What Network so uh, um, big thank you to the network and to its owner JPG for uh, providing the platform for us he makes me say thank you to him fuck that guy Anywho, <clears throat> uh, the network has a plethora of other shows available right now, ready for download on Apple and Google Podcasts and all other major podcasting platforms like Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, we're, we're on everything. Uh, so first up, look for Ready, Said Geek, your starting line to geek culture, hosted by Alex Catherine. Then we have Geek KO, our weekly trivia podcast, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. And then we have Nerds on a Roll, our actual play RPG podcast hosted by Rob Zagar and Lauren Peterson and their whole crew. Next up, we have Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal, putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community. And finally, we have the, I know this whole episode was wrestling related, but this is going to be the wrestling dedicated podcast. Uh, look for Pencil Neck Geeks, hosted by Berto Ponce and Elaine DeLalas, um, tagging in your inner wrestling geek. So please download and subscribe to all of those. We really do appreciate it. Next up, uh, our associate producers, Wayland Productions, for normally providing the space. This was all done remotely. Um... But a uh, big shout out to them for always helping us with the space, the equipment. You can find them at wayland.ws. Um, and uh, please follow their latest audio drama, We're Alive Gold Rush. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and on Alpha and on all major podcasting platforms. Last shout out goes to our apparel sponsor, jordandene.com. That's jordan, D-E-N-E.com. They're a geek apparel store in Brooklyn, New York. They're eco-friendly and they help you look nerdy. And if you shop with the promo code GeekSayWhat, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And I believe that's it. Folks, this was awesome. And again, look out soon for the second half of my media day with Impact Wrestling. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.